0: Growing in grace again with Mike and Joel. We are free and Joel, we are unfettered, <laughs> frankly. That's true. Unfetter.
1: <laughs> we are as that's unfettered. That's our new word.
0: We're like a couple of kids from 30 years ago that just got their walkie talkies and we're playing with it. <laughs> and our, our new toy is unfettered. Unfetter. And, uh, ah, but seriously, we're glad you're with us. Have a little fun, kick back, and. Let's learn a little more about truth with a capital T this week on Growing in Grace.
1: That's right. And if your typewriter is broke and the capitals don't work, it still works. You know, we can still talk about the truth because we are absolutely Unfetter. unfettered. Unfettered. <laughs> okay, but yeah, uh, I think we've been talking about some really great stuff, Cap, regarding the exchanged life, um, our life that we had in Adam was exchanged. You know, our, our life was basically, Adam was born, you know, at, through Adam, we were born into sin, and we had this life of sin. We, that life needed to be exchanged for righteousness. That's the long story made short, really long story made very short. And in that life, we have received the righteousness of God as a free gift. It's not through our behavior, it's not through anything that we've ever done and uh, this life, this life that we had, uh, Jesus had said something to um, some people at the start of the Sermon on the Mount, you know, the Sermon on the Mount that we've talked about a lot of times. And in fact, if you, um, as a listener, want to go back and listen to, to something that we talked about one time, there's a po- search the Growing site for uh, a podcast that we did. It's called, and I'm trying to look for it because I can never remember exactly uh, what it was. Where was that? What was that called? It was the Un. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I should know it, too, because I know it's been a popular podcast.
1: Oh, I'm looking on the wrong site. <laughs> I'm looking on my my personal blog. It is called The Unattainable, Insurmountable, Unachievable Teachings of Jesus. Uh, that, by far, is one of our uh, most popular uh, podcasts that we've done, podcast number 280, so that was quite some time ago. But anyway, uh, talking about how Jesus you know, said a lot of things, Um, that were really directed towards people who were under the law. Uh, It was directed towards people who, you know, Jesus Christ came as a prophet, a a, a law prophet, teaching God's law, and for the very purpose that the law was given. And it was given to stop people's mouths and make them guilty before God. That's really why the law was given. Check out many of our past podcasts for uh, more talk on that. But anyway, at the start of this Sermon on the Mount, near it anyway, Cap... Jesus talks about entering by the narrow gate, and I'll maybe pass it on to you. Um, At the beginning of the sermon, you said? Well, near it, I think. Um, Oh, no. No, 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 no. You're right. Chapter 7. It started in chapter 5, didn't it?
0: No, but let me me pick up on what you just said, though, because toward the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5 of Matthew... And we're not going to do a a thing on the Sermon on the Mount here per se right now. But I did want to point something out here that toward the beginning of the sermon, Jesus said, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill, which he did. He did fulfill the law and the prophets. As he gets toward the end of the sermon, as you were talking about later in in Matthew chapter 7, he starts wrapping it up by saying, therefore, uh, referring back to what he just said, Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And then he goes on, as he's wrapping up this so-called sermon, as we refer to it, Joel, uh, Matthew seven thirteen. enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So something interesting here. You know, while this this sermon is still going on, if you want to call it that, a lot of people think when they hear this, the narrow gate. Oh, I got to enter through the narrow gate. What do you think? Most people, what goes through the minds of most people when they hear that we must enter through the the narrow gate?
1: Hmm, man, you know, um, well, one thing that I used to think, and that I've heard a lot of, of course, too, is that. Um, you know, to enter by the narrow gate means that we we need to repent. Uh, we need to stop doing the bad things that we're doing and start doing good. And while we've made the case many times on this podcast that there's nothing wrong and it's a good thing to stop doing bad things and to start doing good things, I don't know if that's really what it means by entering through the narrow gate uh, because there are a lot of people who are trying and some people making some in their own eyes, good attempts. At least they they have the right motives of, of stopping doing bad and starting doing good. But really, there are also a lot of people in this world who are coming nowhere close to that because I think it's impossible... It's not just hard and difficult, it's impossible. But anyway, that's kind of the idea I get that I've heard from people, that entering through the narrow gate means stopping doing bad and starting doing good.
0: Well, and remember who he's talking to here, people who were under the law of Moses, these Jewish people. Joel, I can't begin to fathom the burden of trying to follow 600-plus laws day in and day out, and of course they couldn't and the animal sacrifices to try to cover up all of that. And there were laws within laws, even just regarding the animal sacrifices. I mean, I'm not saying everybody he was talking to here, but by and large, these were people who held dear to the law of Moses, Mm -hmm. 613 laws, commandments, and other things that they couldn't live up to, never could, never were meant to. God never meant for them to do that. And so for Jesus to make a statement that says... You better get your act together and start doing this thing right. What was he referring to? I mean, again, if, if he's referring to just quit the bad stuff and start doing the good stuff, do what I tell you, you know, do what I tell you, uh, shaking them, you know. If he was doing that to these people who are already under this burden of, uh, a system of do's and don'ts and a lot of don'ts in there. Then uh, what's the point here? What, what did Jesus come for if our performance was still a basis for being righteous before God?
1: Exactly. And, and, and I, like, I like what he says here um, when he talks about, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. Now there's a key word right there. It's the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. And I'm reminded of the story of the the rich young ruler. You can find this a few different places, but uh, I'm looking into Matthew 19. Uh, This man, this rich young ruler, came to Jesus and said, good teacher, what What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? It's kind of the same thing that's going on uh, with a lot of people, and they're thinking of uh, the narrow gate. What good thing must I do? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now the man said, Which ones? Jesus mentioned a few different commandments, and the young man said, Well, all of these I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, and here's the key, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And then Jesus said to his disciples, after this man was gone, Jesus said to them, "'Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven.'" Remember how he had talked about um, difficult is the way that leads to life, the the narrow gate. "'Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God.'" And the disciples heard this, They, they were greatly astonished, and they said, "'Who then can be saved?' Jesus looked at them and said with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible. So right there, right there you have it. You have Jesus summing up all of this stuff. At least in my eyes, that's how I see it, that the you know the the only way that leads to life, it's impossible for people to do it. But with God, all things are possible. And as we know, that through Jesus Christ, God himself made the way.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe he makes a bigger needle now. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but, or, or maybe not. Maybe just somehow the camel goes through it. Um, I mean, you know, when Jesus rose from the dead, he, he apparently went through walls. I, I haven't gone through a wall myself.
1: So not like wall. what? Je- have deserve.
0: you ever done that before?
1: I've never gone through a wall that I know of. Not while I've been awake anyway.
0: Yeah, but but Jesus had a way of doing that. It was a supernatural thing. It's something that surpasses the understanding, of course, because there's, you know, some physical laws and some spiritual laws that occurred, and Jesus was just able to go through it. And so I I like all of what you just shared there, Joel, and, and, you know, something else, too, that um, Jesus said uh, after the whole narrow gate thing, he said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and it gets wiped out. So, but is what's Jesus referring to here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount when he says these things about his sayings, do them, You'll, you, you know, that's a good thing. Don't do them. That's a bad thing. He, he certainly wasn't referring to the sayings of what he just got done talking about mm-hmm. from the Sermon on the Mount, using much of the law in this sermon to to try to make a point with people, including plucking out their eyes and cutting off their hands whenever they sin. Right. So are, are those the kind of sayings we're supposed to be doing? Because that, that's what Jesus just got done talking about before he said this. And so sometimes people think they know what's being said. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff on that sermon, Joel, including seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, we don't seek God's righteousness anymore because we have become his righteousness. Um, but he was saying that to those Jewish people back at that time under the old covenant before the cross. And and even the, the, the Lord's prayer is in there. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some stuff in there that, we take out of context and apply to our religious thinking that isn't uh, often right. So I I, I don't even know if we got to where we wanted to go with this, but at least we we got a foundation laid, because I think, isn't there some more that you wanted to share out of Hebrews about the narrow gate?
1: Yeah, I think uh, we can try to get to that next time, perhaps, because um, like Jesus said, there really is only one way that leads to life. There is only one way that leads to righteousness, and uh you know the narrow gate you know the the only way that leads to life as we find i'll just leave uh with this the book of hebrews the writer of the book of hebrews basically wrote an entire epistle about the only way that leads to life and essentially he's talking about the blood of jesus all throughout the epistle he contrasts two things he contrasts the blood of bulls and goats with the blood of Jesus. He contrasts the priesthood of the Levites with the superior priesthood of Jesus. He talks about the the finished work of Jesus Christ. That is the only way that leads to life. And so we'll try to get into that next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org.
0: This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski.